If you feel you are being victimized or extorted by this prisoner, please contact GPL Customer Service at 855-466. All subject matter in the preceding podcast is entirely alleged and not admissible in a court of law. A recklessly minimal effort has been taken to change the names and details of any guilty parties. And just in case you rat bastards get any ideas, the hosts of this podcast are notorious and well-documented liars with no legally admissible credibility. This is Mama C, and you're listening to Notes from the Pin Podcast. Welcome to prison, bitch. Okay, so here we go. I guess uh, I guess we're going to do this thing. Uh, I'd like to welcome everybody who dares to be uh, intellectually curious. Although we don't we don't necessarily find ourselves to be intellectual, we uh, we can provide some stories, some answers. Uh, you'll probably develop more questions. All about some stuff that uh, we think you're curious about. This is Jeremy. Yeah. And, and uh, this is Bobby. And this is Bobby C. And I like to step over intros, clearly. And it happens sometimes. As you, the listener, can probably tell, if we're doing a prison podcast, I can't really give Bobby hand signals. He can't see my face. I can't give him gestures. So sometimes we step on each other's dick, and it kind of sucks. So uh, speak for yourself about the intellectual thing. I'm in here reading Steven Pinker. Uh, about uh, cognitive neuroscience and shit, and uh, Will Durant's The Story of Philosophy. But I, it's good to underplay it, I get you. So what's <laughs> up today? What's going on? So uh, today I was thinking about calling you and, and discussing a story that you had told me, I don't know, a couple months ago, uh, just so we can kind of give the listeners an idea of just uh, kind of the health care and just, just the weirdness. And uh, I kind of wanted to talk about um, Big Fella, that uh that's in your um or that's locked up with you that you know and that he got real sick and uh i know you know the big fellow i'm talking about uh did, didn't you see him like getting carted out of there like he was dead or something yeah rumor was he was dead people were ready to start pouring coffee shots out for him like you know because i think we're in double digits of people who've died at this prison for from uh corona and he was one of the, you know, there were, we'd seen people, uh, they'd shut the yard down, the uh, ambulances would come through the gates onto the yard, and, and we'd all be ushered back into the unit. But, you know, you could, this is an old prison, and uh, the windows you could slide open a little bit, and we could watch um, them pull people out. And the first one we saw, he comes out on a gurney, and from the, because he was from the unit attached to us, so we didn't get to see him. But later we found out that this guy would been, dead for a, a while, quite a, quite a, like 20 minutes, and they were running around like a Benny Hill movie or show, trying to figure out how to, what to do, tripping, literally tripping over each other, and, uh, but we got to see him when they, when they wheeled him out on the gurney, and were thumping on his chest and uh, hitting him with the paddles. He died, but the first person I knew that died, that turned out not to have died, was a big man. Who is uh, about six foot six, bald, um, dark skinned fella that uh, that I was at another joint with. That, that's the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, but did you tell me that he's like in his sixties or something by now? Yeah, he's probably. I'm just guessing, probably fifty two, in real good shape though, big dude. Oh, fifty two. Um, okay. Weight, I think he'd lost. Uh, 
he lost a bunch of weight since I've last seen him, but he's still all ripped up. He had, uh, I, I'm pretty sure he had cancer and was just getting over that stuff, and he was starting to work out again and stuff. And, you know, we would hear, like, the, the numbers, because this was, like, in the chaotic first couple of days of corona where, we, you know, it's just panic, pandemonium kind of. So we would hear shit from the other unit, and we'd relay our shit over here, the people that fell out and stuff. And, you know, we heard about the first two deaths over there, and then one of them was, uh, it took, the, like, a day or two after I heard about this to hear who it was, and they said it was Big Man. And I said, oh, shit, the one, and I described him. And they're like, yeah, and I said, holy shit. Yeah, I know him. You know, we weren't the best of friends or anything, you know, but I know him from another facility we were at. Yeah, before we get into uh, into uh, how you knew him at a different facility, uh, I would like to uh, I would like to discuss um, a, a few things about Corona going rampant through your uh, prison, uh, how you handled it, how your neighbors handled it. Um, I think it's a it's kind of a funny story, or it's at least worth uh, announcing, uh, or you know, putting into the ether the how you handled uh, when you saw the toughest dudes that walk that stomp around the yard like they're the biggest ass kickers ever, uh, trembling in a corner from a, a disease that they're likely to get, and you would you know ha- hang it you know go to your bars, which is like prison Twitter. And yell stuff at them. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's something kind of, kind of odd. Agitating people, and like it's, it might be hard for uh, people out there to get into the psychology of what it's like in here. And it's real easy to go. That's nothing to joke about. But I, 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 I once said, uh, when you live in the gallows, it's not really gallows humor. It's just humor. You know what I mean? You're not. There's a, you're forced to have this irreverence for shit because if you were to f- appropriately freak out about all the shit that is worthy of freaking out about, you'd be a shell of a man, you know? So there's this real, and you know me, I had that type of humor anyways in the world. So yeah, so I found it funny and would just call people pussies and, um, for wearing masks and, uh, I dare that I'd say, watch, I'll get on the phone. I'm going to lick the phone every day until I get it, and I'm not going to miss a day in the weight pit. <laughs> just, just stirring shit up. Right. Fucking with and, but turned out you did, what, miss one day in the weight pit? I missed a day in the weight pit, yeah. I had real, real mild symptoms. I do this breathing technique that I'm somehow convinced uh, boosts your immune system. Shout out to Wim Hof, that psychopath who uh, hiked Everest in nothing but shorts and tennis shoes. <laughs> Iceman that you had me look up. He was an inter- he's an interesting dude that did, deserves more uh, exploration. And then let's uh, yeah, let's so I, just oh, okay. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I felt it coming on. I was like, here we go again. Like, let's fucking do this breathing technique, and it's time to fucking uh, nut up. You know, you were talking all that shit, and I was honestly looking, not looking for it. I was eager because I knew I saw what was happening, and this was before like all the state shutdown and shit. It was just running through here. And um, I was like, well, I'm going to get it. I'd rather get it now, get it out of the way, and then not have to be par- – you know, the worst thing would have been for me to be paranoid for four months and then getting it at the end anyways. So I was like, let's well, just get it out the way now. That's how I kind of looked at it. Right, and the rest of us on the outside are have been paranoid for four months and are still going to end up getting it anyway in the second wave. But I'll digress from that. Uh, I would like to discuss uh, some story or just one quick story about uh, – Little buddy, or not little, but, you know, our buddy. Yeah, Nate, little buddy. Fuck him. Yeah, he's a little buddy. <laughs> Hollywood. Um, prison son? 
Right, right. Uh, Hollywood, um, Hollywood came down with it and had a lot worse had a lot worse reaction than you did. And um, yeah, yeah. And you would hear him yeah. in the middle of the night, and you would have to you know console him and make check on him, just make sure he's all right. Well, well, he's got the um, the brash um, affrontery of a young man who doesn't want to admit he's deathly ill. Right, so that was the first thing. But I'm next to him, so he can't. He can stuff his face in the pillow all he wants when he coughs. But I'm hearing that shit. You know what I mean? And I know this about him, so you know I'm asking him. But we'll continue this when I get back in line. The the big setup here is, for this place is um, everything is angled to where you don't want to admit you have the shit because of the repercussions of what this institution does once they find out you might have it. We were talking about um, uh, Hollywood. And uh, how he was a—he's a young man, so he's brash and doesn't want to be untough. Yeah. And but more than that, he doesn't want to—he doesn't want to be a victim. And no matter how sick he is, he doesn't want to be carted out. It rode out, right? Yeah. So before we even get to to that, let me just explain what the healthcare system's like in here, right? Now you know most people by now know. Um, that I can get fifty dollars a month, and that's about half the population is limited to fifty dollars a month. Right. So, in order to go over to healthcare, you have to put a kite in, and it costs they charge you five dollars. What's a kite? Kind of like shit, what, right? What's a kite? A kite is an institutional request form. Right. So you have to fill it out, symptoms, turn it in. They slap you with a five dollar charge for going over there, right? even if nothing's wrong. Five dollar charge, which is an obviously a deterrent for people going over there until shit is so undeniably bad. So there's no real preventative care here, right? For the most part, people don't want to go over there. That's 10% of my, my monthly allowance, which would be, I'd be fine with spending if when you went over there, you got decent care. But these, to say these people are uh, unconcerned with uh, our well-being would be an understatement for the most part, obviously not everybody. And the doctors that work in prisons, they didn't go to Harvard. They didn't graduate from Princeton or Yale and, and with their first uh, choice to go work in a prison facility. Now, I've, uh, all the prisons I've been to, I ran into one doctor who was actually there based on a promise that he made to another friend who was a doctor that died, and he came in. He was an excellent doctor. But that is the exception, not the rule. So even if you do spend the $5, you come over and they give you a handful of, like, disposable, like, little individual packets of aspirin, and they say, well, just see if these work. For the most part, you have to go over there multiple times, $5, $5, $5, before they finally go, all right, well, let's, all right, we'll, we'll set up an appointment with the head nurse. And so there's already a deterrent to, there's not a lot of faith in the healthcare system. But beyond that, when the COVID shit started happening, when people would test positive or be they would be suspected that they had COVID. They would go over for a test, but we would see them disappear. And I guess what was happening is they'd go over, take a test, and they'd put them in the hole while they waited for the test results a couple of days to come back. And then once the test results came back, they'd wait for a spot in another facility to open up one facility, I believe it was Cotton or something, where they were, which isn't far from here, where they were going to, which from our perspective, you just disappear. And there was even a guy that was on the phone. No, on JPay, he was on JPay writing. His mom was like, "Yeah, I've been coughing," and they, you know, they review our mail, so they were like, "Get him," <laughs> and then he disappeared. So, 
you know, right away. By the way, I don't know if we talked about. It, I think we might have about how disruptive it is to be packed up and moved to another facility. It's ridiculous. So I, I think we discussed yeah. that that is a, a major fear. And not only not only do they uh, go through all your mail, or you know, I mean, there's no privacy. They they go through these phone calls. They go through so you know. Just a quick reminder that we're both notorious liars and um, have undiagnosed mental all health problems. All alleged. Yes, yeah. all alleged. Everything is alleged. And, and um, I'm not quite sure. Some facilities are harder about it than some are other. What they do is they jump around but you, for, from phone call to phone call. But um, we just have to assume that they're all, they're all definitely being recorded. Yeah. But uh, they jump around from active listening and shit. So, um, so yeah, so the neighbor kid... My little uh, prison adopted kid is uh, was uh, he got real sick, man, real sick, and you know it wasn't until I mean he was sick for weeks to where I said, listen, man, on Saturday if you're not better on Saturday you're going over there. And he's like, all right, all right, I will, I will. So this said, this Saturday must have been like twelve days in rolls around and he's like, I'm, how are you feeling? Oh yeah, I'm feeling better. At first I felt like shit, but I'm feeling. But he's lying to me, right? So, but he's not getting worse at that point, I don't think. But his cough is persisting and, and all that stuff. So he finally gets over it. When he gets over it, he has the heart to heart with me. He's like, "Listen, man, there was two days where, two nights where I was going to sleep because he had pneumonia when he was younger too, a couple of times. So he's predisposed, I'm assuming, to some stuff, some of that those lung problems. And uh, he said there was uh, two nights where I thought I was dying, and he thought to himself, he promised himself, if I don't feel better in the morning, I'm turning myself in. <laughs> you know, we were viewing it. Yeah. Turning myself in. And, uh, to get health care. Yeah. He thought he was going to die twice. And he was like, woo, like wiping his brow. <laughs> like, woo, I almost died twice. And uh, made it out the other end on that one. Now let's go. So, uh, yeah, that's what happened with him. Yeah. And then uh, with. You know, if we could segue into uh, Big Fella, though. Big Fella, you thought he croaked. And this, this dude beat cancer. He's a, a, a rocked-up, six-foot-six, you know, uh, physical specimen. And uh, from all you guys knew, uh, this dude's dead. Uh, you know but, who he looked like? You know who he looks like? I'm sorry. He looks like you. You've seen Pirates of the Caribbean, the first couple. There's a giant pirate. Um, that's one of the bad guys, I guess if there was bad guys in that movie. There's a giant one. He's been in a bunch of movies. He looks just like that guy. Just like the uh, black pirate from Pirates of the Caribbean. Maybe our listeners will know. I, I, all I can picture is Jack Sparrow. I've never really, I've never watched it. I, I'm not good with movies. Yeah, so if you use, uh, yeah, plenty of people will know who that guy is. Anyways, that, that's kind of what he was, just a giant dude. And uh, yeah, we had a little history. Yeah, so let's explore uh, the, the, the history between you and the giant pirate. Um, that's a great nickname. <laughs> the, like the the reason why you know the giant pirate and and Bobby has uh, told me uh, some of this story before. I'm sure I was many beers deep, so I don't really remember it all. So I thought it'd be interesting to bring back to the podcast because, well, uh, you know, I I kind of want to re remember it. Um, yeah. But there there's gonna you know we're gonna have to be delicate about some parts of it. But uh, I think it's I think it's okay to say that. Uh, you and the giant pirate uh, were at a, a different prison before this one. Yeah, and this isn't the most exciting, explosive story, but it, I guess it kind of 
I think one of the reasons you were like kind of it held your attention is because it shows like the interconnectedness of you know people who've been doing time a while and histories with people and stuff like that and some of the politics. So I was at uh, we were at a, a it was a couple facilities ago, all alleged. <clears throat> and um, at the time, this was a couple years ago. At the time, I was um, let's just say affiliated, right? And um, he was also but part of a, a religious group that is, for all intents and purposes, the same as being affiliated with an organization. Right. So you're both you're both in organizations. Are are you rivals? No, no, uh, pretty neutral as okay. far as that goes. Because that's a, a religious organization, so there's no like history from the world and shit between the other one. But at the time, I had uh, I had the yard for my organization, which doesn't mean I ran the state or anything. It means that at that facility, um, I was uh, in charge, all alleged. You were the you were so. the shot caller of uh, of. Of, of you know affiliated to the organization, you were the shot caller at that particular facility. Correct. We don't use that term, but uh, we just say had the yard. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, you you've known me for a while. I don't rule with an iron fist, and I'm not about senseless aggression, and violence, and um, I have my morals, and I you know try to stick to them and do the best I can. And I would say there's probably about, at the time, I probably had 20 people under me, somewhere around there. And um, Big Man happened to be bunkies. This is two-man cells at this place. Happened to be bunkies with someone under me. And um, one day, they've been having disagreements and shit. Big Man's a, he's a feisty guy. The giant pirate. yeah, the pirate. And when I'd got here, I'd seen him, you know, he got into it with a bunch of people. And I'm like, yeah, I know. So at the time, they had been getting into it, and my bro comes back to the cell and gets blindsided by him, just punched, gets punched. Now, bro isn't a small dude either. He's like 6'2", probably 215. not a small guy. And so he gets blindsided, cheap shot, he gets hit, and then they start to, they get to scrap him. Can, can, can I just interrupt uh, the, just real quick? Um, I, to me, the terror of the idea that my bunkie is going to attack me while I'm locked in a cell is like, holy fuck. Like, what, this is a real cage match, and there's no ref to, if I tap, but that's not going to mean anything. Like, holy shit. One of the things we say is like a threat is like, I'm going to make you touch every wall in here. You know what I mean? I'm gonna I'm gonna touch. You're gonna touch every wall in here. Oh. And uh, so yeah, so that happens, and then Bro does what he does, and ends up getting the best of him, ends up whooping Big Man. Not oh. devastated, but comes out on top. But okay, not a super convincing, not not a TKO, but uh, 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 a winner has been declared, and the giant pirate, as as studly as he is. Uh, you know, uh, the other dude got the best of Yeah. So immediately mine is supposed to come report any, in all incidents, right? Sorry, the dude, so the, the dude both, that's uh, affiliated, uh, with you. Yeah. Yeah. Of my relation mm-hmm. comes over 
and there I can see the other one. Like I'm like cooking in the, in, in the day room in the microwave or something, and uh, I can see the other one coming too. Like he wants. Now he's he's worried about shit happening because there's repercussions with shit like this. You know? Okay, I gotta stop you. I gotta stop you. The dude, your homeboy, is coming to you because he has to report that there was violence and something happened, and that's something that you would need to know because you ran the yard. Shit, uh, shit could be on the floor. Uh, I don't get that reference. Shit could be on the floor. There could be a you know, shit could be on the floor. Shit could be about the you know. There's extenuating circumstances that could turn into something. Well, right, right, right. And uh, yeah. and following him is the big pirate that just, you know, kind of got beat up. Yeah, like two kids get in trouble and they want to, you know what I mean? You, yep. you, you know, Jeff is running to, <laughs> to go talk to, you know, yeah. you're right behind her. Yeah. So I get, I'm not listening to the other guy because I'm like, what's going on, you know? So I step aside with him, and he explains what's going on. He's got no problem with the way it went down. He feels fine because he won. You know what I mean? He's like dogs a hoe for for sneaking me like that. But uh, he got what was coming to him. And um, he doesn't want – and now that's my big question because the fact that dogs cheap shot at him is like a thing that we would have to resolve. But the big, the big, the, the big pirate, the pirate cheap shot at him. So yeah. – now that is a bit of an issue. And where are the CEOs in this? They're like, oh, they're they're, yeah, they're like, in a feet, feet kicked up on a desk in the bubble in the control little thing in the unit. <laughs> they right. don't know. They, there's no one who would know that. Okay. Um, unless a rat, a snitch told or something. So I talked to bro, and he says uh, he's fine with it. You know what I mean? He's he's fine with it. Except for the cheap shot. He's like, yeah, so what? I won. It's, it's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck it. It's all straight. He ain't talking about shit. I ain't worried about it. He's he's good if he, I'm good if he's good type shit. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, I let everyone know what's going on. And then he comes up and talks to me. And it's super like, now he's like worried that, now I, now I didn't know this at the time, but he had, he wasn't in good standing with his group, right? So he's like the, the big pirate, solo. the giant pirate. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The big pirate isn't in good standing, so he's probably feeling so. So he's doing damage control, so he knows who I am, and he knows he's not going to get much backup from his uh, group. Yeah, I didn't know this at the time, and he is um, telling me. Just like any anybody who got caught doing something that you know what I mean that that is in the wrong is going to minimize because he was minimizing and trying to explain and say this is what happened and it's not my fault and blah 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 and um, which I wasn't even trying to hear I don't give a fuck because I, I talked to him the other I talked to bro and he he told me what was going on he told me it was fine with it so all I want to know is okay whatever I'm not you're good, you're fine you know he 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 was worried about getting having. Other things, let's just say, happened to him. Like getting poked. Retaliatory. Yeah. Sure. Allegedly. And so he's pleading his case, but I don't give a fuck about that. I'm not here to, like, fucking be a tough guy or, you know what I'm saying, to rule, like I was saying earlier. So I'm like, all right, all right, I don't give a shit about that. So the conversation was more about, I, okay, 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 you're good. Don't worry about it. If the shit's dead, on your end, the shit's dead. But you can't locked together anymore, right? That's that's a rule. You can't, it's a security threat for you guys to sleep in the same, you know, 10 by 8 foot 
or 12 by 8 foot square. You know what I mean? So it was like um, you got to everything's good, but you got to get out of there, right? And this is and this he's coming to you to be like, look, it's not that bad. Uh, I didn't really sucker yeah. punch him. Uh, and he yeah. whooped me, so everything's fine. We don't need any retaliation from any organization. Everything's cool. Uh, it's it's everything fine. And you have to make the decision. Yeah, look, bud, everything is fine except one thing needs to happen. Yeah, you can't be in there anymore, or he can't be. You know what I mean? If he if he wants to move, then whatever, I'll go talk to him. And um, so he's like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, all right. So now he's got to go make that happen. Which means you gotta go to the CEO or the counselor and say, "Yeah, I need a friend. It's called a friendly move. I need a friendly move. I can't. We're just not. You know, he he obviously he's been down a long time. He's just he's a convict, so he's not gonna say anything that happened. He says, "Nah, we're just not getting along." Oh, okay. So so he's not gonna pull some lockup artist move. Uh, no. Well, but that's the that's the if he can't do the other thing, then that is all. You know what I mean? It's not even like you say that to the guy. It's like well, I don't know. You work the fucking details out, but you guys can't be in there together. That's your position. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, so first he's going to go with a friendly request, and if that doesn't work, then he is obligated to become a lockup artist. But really, in this sense, you know, you you wouldn't even be mad at him for being a lockup artist. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't even necessarily throw that on him. I would say that he's probably going to go find a reason to go to the hole or something. You know what I mean? Kids mm-hmm. fight or something. Um, so that was our only interaction, right? Was pretty much that. And it worked out and everything was fine. Everything was cordial. And, you know, that's one of the justifications I had at the time. Because, like I said, this was years ago. And just for the record, even though this is all alleged anyways, um, I'm not active in that stuff. And I, at this point, I was even, you know, if this was real, I would have obviously been thinking at that point even of like, yeah, this isn't really the quality and like there's a lot of hypocrisy, whatever, was uh, falling out of favor or, or agreement with it. And um, so yeah. I re- – go ahead. Well, I'm sure we're going to have a lengthy podcast about that type of stuff at some point later. But uh, Yeah, that, that's I just, really interesting. Yeah, that shit fascinates me. Um but I, I just wanted to tease it out there a little bit that, uh, you know, the the intricate workings of what it's like being on the inside. I mean, uh, like well, I said, uh, you know, go ahead. Well, it's not, I mean, so the, just a little end of that is I showed up here and had, I, I, I see him right now. He's right over there right now. You see the the, the, um, the giant pirate right now? Yeah. He's Dang. back. So, um so when I get here, I, that was my only interaction, you know what I mean? Which, we have no problem. He's all right, you know what I mean? He'd say what's up to me sometimes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but we don't have any interaction, but we don't have beef, but that was like our only history. And, uh, wait, no, that's not here. I'm not wearing my glasses. So he, uh, so when I see, when I touch down here, and this goes to show you like how much, this is both of our first level ones, right? So there's enough of a camaraderie of higher levels that he sees me and he's like, Hey, Gino, what's up, bro? How you doing? What's where, where were you at? Just like, and it kind of threw me off. You know what I mean? I'm like, whoa, hey, what's up, man? You all right? Good. Yeah, I had cancer or whatever. And it was, you know, it was all good. Everything was fine. 
But, uh, you know, I felt like some of that was like, oh, shit, here's a guy I recognize from a higher level. And, like, some of it was probably like, let's make sure everything's still good and whatever. But, it, you know, it was... It was all right, you know, and there was like this thing, you know, when you're younger, you get into a fight with somebody or something and you see, and it somehow makes you a little, maybe closer than you might have been if you guys worked it out and shit. And so that happened. And then, yeah. And then I heard like a couple months later, like when they were talking about the people that died. Yeah. He was one of them. And then he's not dead, obviously, <laughs> but he got real sick, almost died. I guess died a couple of times or something, but you know. But he's back and he's strong, and somehow foxhole camaraderie uh, applies to him, even though you know he sucker punched your buddy, um, and yeah. that was years ago. So it got dealt with, and it's all on water under the bridge. And what's more important is uh, the camaraderie. That's that's all. Yeah, and, and you know, yeah, he's not going to stop being a knucklehead. But uh, you know, I never had any. Whatever it worked out, the you know a lot of the shit in here gets politicked out, and um, that is one of the underlying causes or reasons for the proliferation of organizations. In my estimation, is because there's no control in here, and you cannot rely on the administration or the COs to know what's going on and to control shit because there's no there's more than there should be, but there should be no communication between us and them because. We have two codes of ethics, and um, from what I see psychologically, that leads a lot of people to these. It's almost like out of necessity these things pop up. They arise out of the circumstance you're in, political parties, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's, and, uh, it's not just solely for communication. It's also for um, for commerce, trade. It's for uh, connection. It's for, the, you know, there's lots of levels to it to, to be in, in some sort of organization. Yeah, yeah, there is. But being in it long enough, from my experience, being in it long enough, if you're the type who's in it for the quote-unquote right reasons, you're not in it for protection, you're not in it so your your property's fine, you're not in it to be a tough guy, you're not in it, if you're in it for the reasons that it's supposed to be about, then at some point you reach a a, a realization like, oh, but like, yeah, this was all right for a, a minute, but it's becoming watered now. And it, it, this is now a quantity over quality thing. And what are we doing if we're not standing on anything? You know, if we're not holding ourselves to a high ideal. And let me say this. This is something that should be made clear. A lot of people watch prison movies, and the, most of the ones they make movies or TV shows about are racially segregated prisons, right? Like California. I think Texas might be like that, where... The blacks hit with the blacks, the whites hit with the white. Definitely the, Washington. Right? So we are, um, Michigan is not a self-segregated prison. Organizations have every race, for the most part, can have every race in them. We intermingle. Now there's, you know, each organization has like a tendency to lean towards one. Right. Um, maybe be more majority, but there's no, yeah. for the most part, there's no, uh, uh, um, it's not a racial thing. Fuck, man. That shit's interesting as hell. Uh, but, uh, again, to any of our intellectually curious listeners, uh, am I making something out of nothing? Is Can we say uh, ICLs? I might, I might start saying it. ICLs. To uh, any of the ICLs out there, uh, we'll, we'll, have, we'll cover this in, in more depth. It's something that Bobby has wanted to uh, get out there just because it's something interesting. But 
we also don't want to have a podcast that lasts three hours. So um, if it's yeah. okay with you, I would like to uh, segue over to questions from uh, Matt uh, from Long Island. Is that cool with you? Excellent. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, first question he has is, uh, do you have a website? And this this is something that uh, yours truly was supposed to address in the introduction, and I completely uh, fumbled. So um, I think we should probably say that you have a website, or we have a website. It's more yours, but uh, it's how you'll find the podcast. Yeah, it's um, notesfromthepen.com. It started um, as an extension of this experimentation and connection through uh, razor wire and fences and prison bars. bars. You know, I wanted to um, the rebellious nature in me when I got locked up. wanted to wanted to see if it was possible, contrary to every intention of the institution of prison to stay connected to the outside world. So I started writing. You know, I'd always been in the writing. Started writing, and then it went from Facebook to website to Twitter, and then now this is the the highest branch so far in it, and uh, I'm excited about it. So, yeah, I do have a website, notesfromthepen.com. Go check it out. Doug Stanhope was uh, nice enough to plug it along the way, and so a couple other comedians that I've uh, come into contact with. So, yeah, check it out. I have all kinds of writings on there. I need to start linking to pieces I've written that relate to some of the shit we talk about. But, yeah, we'll we'll yeah. talk to the Saint producer uh, about that. Uh, I didn't get the chance to mention that earlier. Um, uh, that's notes from the pen. Pen only has one N. Uh, so if you're a dumbass like me and you write notes from the pen with two N's in pen, uh, then you get Penn State uh, football notes and Penn and Teller stuff and other weird stuff. So just one N on notes from the pen. Uh, here's another question. I'm just going to hit you uh, rifle style with uh, Matt from Long Island's uh, question. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, this is a silly question, but I'm going to give it to you because it's one he asked. Uh, how is he not getting shanked? First of all, I would just want to say thank you, Matt, for listening and providing questions. How am I not getting shanked? Uh, there's several ways I'm not or reasons I'm not getting shanked. Uh, one of them is I know how to jail in the term of verb, like how to move in here, right? I don't take unnecessary risks. I uh, don't put myself out there. I don't tell on people. I don't lie. I don't borrow shit and not pay back. I don't do all that shit. But more importantly, I'm not a hoe. Um, I'm not one to be, I don't, there's no way to say this without sounding like a fucking jackass. But I, I carry myself um, respectfully. I respect everyone. And I'm, I'm not. I'm not. In, I'm not anything close to a victim. Never have been, and um, people know that. And I've been down long enough to where any t- prison I touch down, and I know people, and people know me and my history. And uh, but you know, damn I Joe Biden, how many one. times are you going to hit the uh, button while we're talking? That's not me. I'm That's not me. Ahead. I ain't even moving the phone. But hopefully, uh, Mama C. You know what? Leave him in. It's it's our phone. I'm connected to a phone with somebody else. Oh, uh, I got you. And sometimes uh, that happens. But, yeah, so I guess the biggest reason is because I know how to carry myself, coupled with the fact that I'm not I'm not easy prey or anything. Yeah, and I would like to point out that uh, in the outside world, growing up with Bobby, uh, Bobby uh, can handle himself. He uh, Maybe I'll get into it more later at some point, but um, 
there have been times where you go to a bar with Bobby or, um, you know, some sort of event and, um, he sees someone picking on, uh, somebody else being a bully, or he sees someone mistreating a woman. And, um, then for the, for the next 10 minutes, Bobby is staring at this person trying to cause a problem because, uh, he's, he's got some sort of passionate thing welling up in his chest. And that's when you know you need to leave. You need to gra- gather Bobby, and you need to get him the hell out of there. Because, uh, the, I mean, it, it could be the bouncers. It could be uh, a police officer. It could be anybody. Somebody Bobby is now uh, super focused on. And through our drug years, um, you know, there's also Percocets and Xanax bars and a, a lot of other things coursing through his so it's his give a fuck is on zero and his uh, go time is on a hundred. Uh, so that's that's when you know. Okay, we got to leave. Let's we're all leave. Let's uh, check, please. Okay. So next question from um, from uh, Matt uh, is the prison aware of the podcast? Is this legal? And how is this not? How is he not in trouble for this? Well, they do now. Um, but. Uh, well, it's a fine line, you know. Um, they do now. It's new, so that's probably why. And at some point, I do suspect some sort of ball breaking over it. But, you know, before we did this, I weighed the the the, the theoretical problems, and I don't see what they can do about it. You have one minute remaining. Quick, what else? Okay, the last one is, uh, could Bobby be looked at as a snitch or a rat for doing this? Good question. Never that. Um, I'm a convict. I don't mention any real names. I don't talk about anything that that uh, could get anyone in trouble. Uh, I don't. I remain as vague as possible, and um, I don't talk about. I will not talk about anything that this the powers that be aren't already aware of. And everything is alleged, anyways. I'm a storyteller, so fuck it, right? Yeah, and even though you're not uh, concerned necessarily for your own personal safety, you you are aware that you don't want to be uh, you still adhere to all the uh, inside baseball rules of uh, we just yeah being, I'm a convict, not an inmate. We should we could talk about the difference between those two things. Yeah, I don't even know the difference, so maybe that'll be on the next one. So if you have time, maybe you can call me back. But I think um, I think we're gonna have to say salute to our listeners and um, and maybe wrap this up. This inmate's daily allotted time for personal human connection has expired. You may try again tomorrow. Your assistance in this financial exploitation is greatly appreciated. And remember, have a wonderful, wonderful day, 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 day. Here's some bonus material. This is the phone call after we recorded episode three. It has uh, definitely got some good content in it, uh, but... The main reason we need to get it out there is because we're so giddy and happy and stoked that we think we did something good or we produced a quality product that we need to put it out there so we can make fun of ourselves a month from now when we think it sucks. Yeah. So, the rest of the day, I'm going to be kind of fucking on edge about how much fucking organizational talk was going on, but, eh, fuck it. Part of the, part of the bit. I wonder if we should get a lawyer. Nah, we don't have a fucking lawyer. Yeah, well, once censorship comes, uh, I'm going to fight to oh, yeah. have your story told. 
So no, no, that's not what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about any of that. I'm worried about like calling, like, hey, what's uh, do we need to go over your file again? Type shit. It's on your end. Mm-hmm. That shit's in my file anyway. You know what I mean? Hmm. But um, you know, I've gotten really falling off, falling off the radar because I don't participate. Yeah. But that, why would that mean you can't tell your story? You know, if well, anything, no, but you're, but that's what, that's logical thought, right? You're, uh, you're uh, that in here, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I'm gonna tell my story. I'm wondering, and I'm not really worried about it, but I'm wondering if I'm gonna come off as like a fucking goon or a thug who isn't making any progress in here because you know, because we're you know, just from the outside. <laughs> I don't if, think if so, man. People think, then, if that's what people think, then that's what they fucking think. It is, it is what it is. But warts and all, you know what I mean? But uh, I don't know, man. I think I think three run dinger. Like I think that no, I, think, I think that was good. Holy fuck! Like that's exactly what people want. That's an onion that I unpeeled. That everyone wants. Even if even if it brings tears, uh, whatever. We're unpeeling an onion. Yeah, I think you did a great job, and I think I think we we really linked up right there. And, uh, you know, I want to say that, you know, Matt, um, the shit you told me about that Matt said really, like, helped helped me. Like, that's fucked. Yeah, that's a good one. I agree. That's one that people are going to be like, you hear this shit? Oh, my God. You know what I mean? That's really going to be a cliffhanger. And it's only and it's only a tease to... Oh, that was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wait till, you, wait till you, and I'm so glad I haven't told you yet, wait till you hear the last domino that falls in me falling back from the organization. Wait till you hear this chaos, mayhem, just your... <laughs> it's gonna, we're going to have to save that for a special occasion. We'll keep teasing it. <clears throat> yeah, because it's... Uh, and we can tease it that I don't know. So it uh, makes it even better. And it'll keep me on my toes. Yeah, it's going to be... There's going to be a lot of backstory for it, but it's... Uh, that's another one. So yeah, there's tons of... Yeah, that was a really good one. I feel real... And so today... This is how I measure days of success. It used to be working out, meditating, obviously reading, but that's that's easy to do, and writing, right? But now, or some sort of creative act. Now, it's a good writing, you know. Now, mm-hmm. it's working out, meditation, and uh, laying down a good podcast. And so now, the rest of the day, I I've earned to kick back and read some of this Pinker book and shit. And you know what I mean? Like I, I'm gonna feel like we try, we put some fucking. Uh, Bushels of corn in the old basket today. Dude, uh, uh, annoyingly positive Bobby C is allowed to enter the building. Uh, that was, that's going to be some dope shit right there. And even though we step on each other a little bit, but I think I'd like to put it out, you know, uh-huh. hey. That's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect, man. It's clunky. It's no it's, one, it's no one's expecting anything. And you know what I mean? No, I mean, we've. That that was the shit I was talking about. That is you driving the boat, giving me the biggest wake possible, so I can fucking do key flips. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know what I mean. And one of the things that like bothers, like I get, it genuinely makes me uncomfortable. And it's not like a all shucks for Ken Humble. Like it really makes me uncomfortable is having to like do anything like self-aggrandizing, like tough guy shit or bragging. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know that about you. That's why I handle it for you. And then, and it's difficult for me. I don't want to do it. I, you know, because we're I know, competitive you, I know. brothers. You know, like yeah. the last thing I'm going to do is pump this guy up. But yeah. the the listener should know it. You know, like yeah, at 150 pounds, uh, Bobby was still a problem. You know, if he wanted to be, but it was never out of 
you know, jerkiness. It was out of, you know, I saw you grab a woman's ass and, you know, she didn't want her ass grabbed. So what the fuck's wrong with yeah. you, dude? Yeah, like, we, or the bullying thing was a big thing, too. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. You throw some Xanax on there and it doesn't. It's what it, he looks like someone I don't like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so like I didn't want to be like, this is bro, no one fucks me because I'm the man. Cause I'm not the fucking man, but I, I, I'm, you know, I'm respected, you know. And uh, it's easy to say that, right? Because I, I guess that's maybe why it makes me uncomfortable. It's because a lot of people around here go around barking that shit, but they're not respected and shit. And so I become so averse to that that uh, it was, like, kind of hard. I didn't want to say... You know what I mean? I didn't want to say that shit. Well, I don't don't think it's your business to say that shit. I'll say it for you. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, when I was answering a question, like, why don't... You get shanked. I'm not a hoe. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a hoe. And and I'm not a victim. I've never been a victim. So... But, yeah, I mean, that was a good one, man. I feel good about that one. That's gonna be a good one. Three-run dinger, dude. Trust me. Like I was yeah, I in, be, in between you calling me, I like uh, in be, before the third phone call, I texted Mama C and I'm like, "Uh oh, uh, I think we have a winner. This is going to be fire." When I sent it to you, I haven't re-listened to it yet, but just just my overall opinion of what I just what we just talked about was like, "Holy shit, people are gonna." I think that's the that's the inside baseball shit. That people want to know. Yeah, yeah, and then this will also dovetail into uh, annoyingly uh, positive, Bobby, which is okay too. Once once they hear that, uh, we don't even have to. We can sit on that one. No, I still want to sit on it for sure. But this is the development process. Yeah. Uh, you know, which would have been a good one. The other two, which I'm kind of pissed I burnt it up. Was um, not that we can't do it again. Was the dog program thing? How <laughs> I got we got kicked out of the dog program. Yeah, you and uh, Gr Joe got hit kicked out, right? Yeah, because remember all the setup shit. Now you got to go take off on this guy and make it look like you know. That's like a that's a real prison story. I don't remember that very well. I've been remember drinking. Remember the story about the, he got hit with the fucking kid got hit with a lock. So yeah, he ran in and hit the kid with a lock, and then he can't went to run back, but he ran into the wrong cell. Well, that's great if you don't remember. <laughs> yeah, perfect. This will be <laughs> self-actualizing uh, stories. Perfect. Wow. Finally paying off. I, I do. I do vaguely remember, but I also remember some dark ass story you told me just like maybe a week ago. Um, but I I can't really put all the. It was that one was that, that. Oh, okay, okay. That was that about the dude wanted me to stitch his head up, and then. I had to, like, orchestrate all the shit where they wouldn't go look back at the cameras because then it would look like we had something to do with the thing, but we really didn't. But it looked like it because he ran in our cell, and the, big, the other dude wanted me to stitch his head up. You have one minute remaining. And all that shit. All right, well, I got to um, go. Then I'm going to call Mom later and have her write down this little, um, the new outro to record. But it sounds like right now she's got enough. Like, she just snipped that one part out so it'll work for posting episode two and three. Okay. Man, we'll get her the shit for part four, man. All right, I'm going to go in the house, order food, probably smoke some. Uh, I probably won't be, uh, you can absolutely call me. I think I only got $3 left, so I'm going to have to put more money on the card. So you sh- should probably call me just so I can fumble through that. So tomorrow's cool. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we got our work done. Yeah, man. Yeah. High five. Enjoy yourself. All right. Love you.
All right, dog. Love you too.